The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And our guest today is Brandy McCombs. She is the president at IBC Inc. And that is a general contractor that specializes in high-end architectural millwork and installation. They specialize in the casino, the amusement, and the healthcare fields, but they also do some other smaller general contracting projects. Brandy has a very interesting entrepreneurial story, and we're very happy to have her on the show today. Welcome, Brandy. Good morning. So you got started really in terms of your entrepreneurial mindset. As a kid, you you grew up thinking that one day you were going to own your own company, but you, as I understand it, you really didn't have any idea what field that would be in. So, so talk to us. Take us back to when you were growing up, and what, what was it that inspired inspired you from such a very young age to consider entrepreneurship? Well, I remember probably back to where I was five or six, my grandfather and my father owned a gas station in a really small local uh, community. And uh, then after that, my grandfather moved to a different city, and then my father opened up his own um, auto parts store. So it kind of got inspired back then. I see in everything that goes into the day-to-day activities of owning your own company, and I really liked it. I got kind of the inspiration that I needed for that, just because of you know even a little bit of freedom of it that goes along with owning your own company. And that's kind of where it started, five or six, give or take, you know, a year or two. <laughs> but it definitely it inspired me to see how well my grandfather interacted with other people. Um, he was just such a great, great man. And then, like I said, my father owned his own store, which is, happened to be right around the corner from where I went to junior high. So I got to go over and interact with my father on a daily basis right after school. So You saw it firsthand then, and you, you were immersed in it. You saw the challenges. You saw the opportunities. And as you said, the freedom. You might work long hours as an entrepreneur. A lot of people think that it's a, it's a very glamorous lifestyle. You work a lot of hours. But as you said, there's a certain kind of freedom that comes with owning your own business as well. And and you got to witness all of that firsthand. And five or six years old, wow! I was going to say you cut your teeth on entrepreneurship growing up, but you probably <laughs> were just getting your your permanent teeth about the time you decided you were going Correct. to be an entrepreneur. Okay, well, so then let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, Brandy goes out on her own, and you did not immediately launch a, a company. You actually spent some time in um, the restaurant business. I did, I did, because actually going through college. Um, you know, I realized that that was the best area to make the best money when you are going through college. So I went through college. Um, actually, my original college, actually, I wanted to be an accountant. Really? And went, yeah, I did. I Believe it or not, I did. And I took about a semester of that and realized that that's just not really uh, 100% of what I wanted to do. But 
Um, so I kind of switched into the business management degree. So I finished that up and got my business degree, and I started my first basically restaurant management at the age of 19, going into 20, and that's where my real passion came of being in the managers, being somewhat in charge of the day-to-day activities. So um, that is exactly where it seems a little odd to most people that you're, you started in restaurants, but then you get into construction. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was trying to find my place in the world, and I um, started it in, like I said, it was in Athens, Ohio, and moved down to Fort Myers, Florida, became a restaurant manager down there as well, and then decided that that's not where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I went out and kind of did some research and some scoping out and decided to go in the construction field. Let me stop you right there, the construction field. You said you did some research. Um, what was it about the construction field that attracted you? Did you have any other experience? Did you know people there? Did you look at other industries? Again, why construction? No idea. I knew nobody <laughs> there because I just kind of packed up one day and moved and just decided um, it was a fast pace, just like a restaurant, um, mm-hmm. and it, there was... Um, a little bit of passion because um, my father is uh, does carpentry by trade, so I've seen him do a lot of house remodels and this and that. So that's what my second goal was. Okay, I tried the restaurant; it was good. It was good. Talk about a lot of long hours and a lot of hard work. Then I decided that, um, like I said, I just needed something different because I was working overnight. Um, in, in situations like that because there was a high-end resort in Florida and the hours were a little crazy. So I wanted something that was more, you know, 9 to 5, 8 to 5. So that's how I actually stepped in to the construction industry. And I actually worked for a, a mechanical contractor who did, like, HVAC. They also did plumbing, but I wasn't in that um, scope. When you say you worked for uh, an mechanical contractor what do you mean by that because you obviously you had no construction background so what position were you holding with this firm yeah i was started there as basically an administrative assistant to the service department mm-hmm. what they would do they would service air conditioning in the fort myers um florida area so would something would go wrong with an ac i would make sure that the parts the guys got dispatched Everything was rolling. If somebody needed a new unit, I would order that and schedule all that. And then they opened up the service department into the HVAC, which is brand new construction. We went in there and um, did all the duct work and installing the stuff before, you know, in the new construction industry as well. All right. So working. Go ahead. Go ahead. Working behind, working behind the scenes, you were able to get a full picture of how the company operated and really got an immersion into how a construction company operates. Correct, yes. So that was that, – and then that, that – I realized that construction at that point in my life was I, what I wanted to do because it was always busy. Mm-hmm. It was busy, 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 especially air conditioning in Florida. And when, oh, you, when it goes down, people want it now. So it was really sure. always busy. Something was always going on. And so it was busy. And I, I'm a person, I like to be busy. Mm-hmm. So I decided right then, 
that's what I wanted to do. Construction was my passion. Um, well, it's one thing to be an administrative assistant working behind the scenes and keeping everything flowing, but my goodness, making that leap into business ownership, especially in an industry like construction where although it's starting to, you know, there's a, there's a shift occurring and women are starting to enter that field uh, more and more, it's still pretty much a guy's world. So how, how did you make that transition from being an administrative assistant to owning your own business in this industry? Well, that was my first construction job. And like I said, that's where my passion kind of started, and I knew where I wanted to be. So from there, I knew that I couldn't go any further in that company. It was just mechanical. Um, it wasn't like a general contractor where you have all the scopes underneath you. Right. So I went on to a different company and became um, – like a, what they call it, a custom change coordinator. It was, we were building high-rise condominiums, and they would come standard with you know your base cabinets and your base uh, baseboards and the colors and whatnot. So and your flooring. So I would go in with the, each homeowner and find out what they wanted to do to upgrade it to make it feel to make it their home. And um, from there, or they wanted to change, they wanted to add a bathroom, they wanted to remove a wall, they wanted to do any custom things inside their condominium, I would be in charge of all of making sure that happens. Well, once that all, all those meetings happened, they didn't have anybody to um, step in the position to make sure those got done, i.e. a superintendent. So I was very fortunate that since I was there at the beginning of everything, knowing what everybody wants in each individual unit, I was there to make sure that it got done. So that's kind of where I became a super interior superintendent. Mm-hmm. That project finished up. They sent me over to another project that was um, pretty much bare bones. I mean, it was a condominium. Each one, they called them white boxes. You don't have anything in there at all. So every homeowner has to hire their own um, interior designer or their own contractor to finish these things out. Well, I was still working for the general contractor as the superintendent, meeting with these homeowners, um, making sure that you know whatever they're doing in their unit doesn't hinder everybody else around them. So I realized that honestly, that's where that's what I wanted to do. Sure, I, this is what I want to do. This is it. I want to be a general contractor, superintendent, because just seeing the end product is. It, it, it amazes me. From when you walk into a unit and there's a drywall, white drywall with just primer on it, to what it comes out in the end, is it, it, that it's just great. Yeah, um, you truly like, really can't something. explain it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, and again, take us to where you actually made that jump and launched your own business, and how you got to Kansas City. Okay. Um, yeah. After, like I said, I the superintendent position. Um, the job was kind of finishing up, and I saw this, this, you know, this new opportunity to do what these people do. I know how to do it, so I, why don't I start my own business? And that's kind of where it started. I was working as a superintendent and trying to start the, my company. Um, that was 2008, um, and then what happened? Of course, the economy got really bad, and especially in Florida, there was a lot of homeowners walking away from millions of dollars right. um, on condo units. So my first year was horrible. I realized that if I stayed down there, I wasn't going to be able to stay afloat. So I kind of did my research. I'm being from Ohio. Um, 
I like the area. I don't really like the weather, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so I kind of did the research, Ohio, um, Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, those areas didn't seem to be hit as hard as the southern states did as far as the construction industry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just put, again, one foot in front of the other and didn't ch- choose Ohio. I chose the Kansas City area because of the boom. Um, mm-hmm. Not boom, but the 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 economy was much better here than it was right, there. Right, right. So you put your pen on the map and, and hopped a plane and, and came and is it the same company you just transferred it to Missouri? That is correct, yep. I just did everything. I just reincorporated everything here and uh, that was in 2009. It was about March of 2009 and the first year was pretty brutal. Um, as with coming in, um, nobody knowing who I am, so I just, like I said, put one foot in front of the other again and went to each general contractor, um, decided that um, I am actually a union contractor and um, signatory to the Carpenters Union. And um, so I went into J- like the J.E. Dunn's, Turner's, um, the McCown Gordon's, and um, presented myself, told them, you know, what I could do and this and that. And then, like I said, the first year was still pretty brutal, 2009, I think I picked up my first project towards the end of 2009. Okay. What are some of the projects that you've worked on? I know there's been some high-profile ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our, our biggest one, I would have to say, is the Hollywood Casino out by the Kansas Speedway. Um, okay. We finished that one up in uh, 2011-2012. Um, that, that was our biggest high-profile besides Children's Mercy um, they did an eight-story expansion on the Children's Mercy downtown, and we um, did all the casework and millwork throughout that chapel, which is a beautiful, beautiful building. And um, tw- those two are, are my, you know, the ones that I take pride in because they turned out so well. Um, and then we also went to St. Louis and did this Hollywood Casino just recently with Turner out there as well because they turned that um, Harrah's into a Hollywood Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked out there in the Cerner building, um, the one out there by the Legends. So, yeah. and a lot of a lot of banks. We do a lot of uh, financial institutions. Okay, so a lot of very visible, very high profile projects that you've been able to uh, stamp your name on. Now, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsor, Benedictine College. When we come back, I want to talk some about some of your business challenges and some of the other things that you've encountered as you've grown this construction business, just coming into Kansas City as an unknown. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio, and we're talking with Brandy McCoons of International Business and Consultants. We'll be right back. Are you growing incrementally or exponentially this year? Your future depends on continuously improving your skills, enhancing your knowledge, and applying those improvements and enhancements at work. What a difference a year makes. Consider the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program. Find out more by logging on to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to get started. Would the real Obamacare please stand up? The No Politics Spend Free Zone for Healthcare and the Affordable Care Act. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, and I'm joined every week by your federally certified Affordable Care Act specialist, Mr. Greg Howard. That's a mouthful. You said it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we really do. What we really do is help people understand how the Affordable Care Act impacts them, their family, their business. We make it simple so that people can go on with their lives. 
Couldn't have said it better myself. And you'll find it every Friday at 1 p.m. on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's Would the Real Obamacare Please Stand Up, Fridays at 1. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with International Business and Consultants President Brandy McCombs. That is a general contracting company, and she has been talking with us about her entrepreneurial upbringing and then going into business for herself, doing research and deciding on the construction industry. And then at the height of the recession, she picks up from Florida, where things aren't going so well for her new company, and comes to Kansas City, where she has absolutely no contacts, and decides to make a go of it with this young company right at the height of the recession, and not to mention being a woman in an, a particularly uh, male-dominated industry. Brandy, I'm just, I'm, I'm really uh, amazed at the gutsiness there. But again, you know, entrepreneurs have to have that. So, so uh, it comes naturally, I suspect, seeing your father and your grandfather and all yep. the work they did growing up. But what was your biggest business challenge during that time? What would you say um, kept you up at night? Um, getting the jobs in the beginning. Um, sure. Like the 2009 was very, like I said, I picked up and um, jumped into a new uh, area, and the like, first year was pretty, pretty brutal. Then I finally picked up one here and there and throughout those years. So that would be the, the beginning one. The biggest challenge was getting those contacts, getting people to know me and trust me. Because mm-hmm. in the business, there's a trustworthiness. I mean, you're new. They don't really know what you can do. And I think once I showed them what we can do, that's how we, why we exploded. Because they realized who we are and we're just not some fly-by-night company that's going to come in here and be done and move away. Right, your work so, for your, for itself. So exactly. Well, during this time when you were trying to build up your contacts and you were trying to make a name for yourself and win these projects, who or or what even was your best resource uh, during that time? Was did you have an organization you turned to? Was there a group of, of people, other entrepreneurs that were uh, helpful? Yes, um, there is a business. It's a woman owned. It's W C O E. Um, and it's women construction owners and executives, and we are just a bunch of the Kansas City area business women owners that have come together to kind of give each other support, ideas, and inspiration. It is a great, great organization, um, even for just not just for the contacts, but on a you know personal level to call and say, hey, look, this is just discuss our businesses and reach out to each other and it's just been great mm-hmm. it's i can't say enough great things about the organization it's been very very inspiring they push you they want you to get better and they give you that inspiration every time i talk to any of them and so what's been your biggest surprise as you as you've grown this business good or bad um Biggest surprise was how fast, which is, which is a great one, um, how fast it did happen for me. Um, like I said, the first year a little slow, but they, you know, that's normal. The first two years they say you're, it's, it's brutal. The first two years, but after that first, that second year they say it just took off, and I've been very, very blessed. And that would be the best thing that, that I can say that's ever happened is that I finally, finally made my name 
in this area, and I would have to attribute that a lot to my gentlemen that are out there in the field doing such a great job and keeping us busy. Um, so sure. that's, what's that'd the, be it. What's the size of your staff these days? Um, we run about 12 carpenters. So we okay. have about four in the office and, and 12 carpenters. You said you're growing. You're up to 12 right now. How have you managed that growth? It's actually been very, very hard, um, to be honest with you. It's been a kind of a struggle, and we are, um, you know, trying to actually spread our wings and fly, and actually I've jumped into another department. We're going to be doing some work on the um, Kansas City streetcar as well. And But the management part... You know, in the beginning, like I said, it was a little hard, but I've had a lot of guys out there in the field that are now foremen that handle a lot of brunt of that work for me. So it has been a challenge to get the quality of uh, craftsmanship that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and, and that, that is a little surprising given every, it, it probably speaks to your standards because uh, there's been so many people that were laid off during the recession in this area. You'd think that there'd be a lot of people that you could choose from, but um, again, quality stand- standards are obviously something that you prize. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is uh, what what is it that made you decide to jump in and be a general contractor as opposed to a lot of people when they're starting their business out and they know it's going to be a little bit slow going, they, they start out as subs. How come you decided to make the leap into general contracting right off the bat? Um, well, actually, in the beginning, we just we just did the carpentry work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have since um, become a certified general contractor and have my licenses to, to do it. So that's one of my main areas. And I'm trying to grow. Um, you know, I, I don't want, just want to be doing the carpentry work. I want to be running the, you know, the show per se, and getting all those contractors, um, the subcontractors, to perform the work. So my goal is not to stop in one, you know, in one arena. So carpenters, general contractors, who knows? Maybe I'll be a developer next. You know, so I, you know, I just want to keep, I want to keep going. I don't. I, I'm a person who likes a lot of knowledge. Right. And um, so that's we started in the small general contracting. We do a lot of jobs for um, Lego Land and Sea Life as generals. So, and, and it's been it's been great. It's been challenging, and um, I just see that focus, and so that's why I'm trying to do a little bit of transition into larger projects. And yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll be a developer one day. <laughs> well, you obviously, obviously you do do your research, and uh, just, just to wrap up here, what's the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself as a business person? Obviously, an entrepreneurial background. You went into this with your eyes open, but. Still, there's always lessons that we learn. And what did you learn about yourself, though, as a business person? How hard of a worker that I truly am. I knew I had it in me, but to see the company grow this fast, um, for such a small company, that that was surprising. Like I said, I knew I had it in me, but seeing it, everything on you know on paper and on the wall and on, in the field, that that surprised me of how how much. Um, it's actually taken off and how much hard work that I have put into it. So, Well, Brandy, uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and continue this conversation, how would they do that? Um, I myself is always on. Um, they can call me on my cell phone. Um, visit our website, which is um, www.ibcinc.biz, um, and all my contact information on, on there. And it also shows a couple of our projects 
that we've um, performed and gives it a little bit of background of me and and whatnot. So that would probably be the best place to get some more information. And like I said, my contact information is on the website. So if they wanted to get a hold of me, I'm always available. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. Wonderful story. We wish you much continued success. Thank you very much. If you'd like to learn how to grow your business, you can visit us at ithinkbigger.com or follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.